that whoever sang that song found another career. Uh, and, you know, when, there's something about overnight radio, uh, which if you're listening to us right now, I think you appreciate more than most. It, there's something so unique about it, something so special, something so intimate, something so warm, where the people that you listen to at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, even if you've never met them, uh, they're with you at a time when you'd never you ever have a person with you, with you when you're going to the bathroom, with you when you're showering, with you when you're in bed alone, uh, with you under the weirdest possible circumstances you can imagine. And I think that's created an intimacy between the people that do overnight radio and do it well and the people that listen to it. And I'll tell you, there is nobody that did overnight radio better than Joey Reynolds. Uh, I was a fan of Joey's work for many years on uh, WOR 710. I followed his career in a bunch of its different incarnations, and it's still going strong. We'll tell you about what he's doing now. Uh, but for me, uh, when it comes to being a master of the overnight airwaves, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to list people that did it better than Joey Reynolds. And I'm just thrilled that he's agreed to come out of overnight retirement at and join me for a few minutes this morning. My great pleasure to welcome legendary talk show host, DJ, podcaster, probably four or five other hats I'm failing to name, the one and only Joey Reynolds. Joey, thanks for joining me on the radio. Oh, thanks, Frank. If anybody could ever live up to that one, <laughs> don't you introduce somebody by playing Rats in My Room? Are you kidding? <laughs> what was the story with Rats in My Room? That, that... Well, and you refer to it as, as singing. That's not singing. That was punishing to the ears. So uh, tell, uh, well, tell you know, folks the, who haven't heard about I that. I can tell you about that. Yeah. You might be interested in this story because the ABC and WMCA used to battle it out during the top 40 days. And back then we had uh, – I, I worked – you know, I got my name uh, came from Strauss, who owned WMCA. I worked for their radio station in Buffalo because my real name is Joey Pinto. And they wanted didn't want any ethnic names, so they, they uh, gave me the name Joey Reynolds. And I was at WMCA for one night, one night. When I was a kid, I was like 19. And uh, they they said to me, the manager of the station came in, he says, can you do a one-hour show instead of six 10-minute shows? Because I was all over the map, you know? And it's, my head was always like my mother. You never – I call my mother Jimmy Hoffa. Never finish a <laughs> sentence. I, I get to the point where I – I was working on WMCA, and and when I finally made it big time, I, I loved this Rats in My Room record, and I got tried to get it played on WMCA. And they said, no, because there was a rat epidemic in New York in the subway. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine it got turned down because of the uh, conditions of New York? And I thought, wow, if I ever get to New York, I'm going to play that record. So by the time I got to WOR, I would never 
disgrace myself by playing that record. <laughs> I guess I got a little older and, and I got more mature. But that, uh, you know, I got a uh, tiny Tim recorded that too. I got him to record that, and it never he never released it because he passed away. But you know who he is, right? Of course, remember absolutely. Was, remember uh, that wedding? That was uh, nothing bigger than the, that wedding. Yeah, that was that was someone only my age who would remember. You know, we're in a different time with with demographics, as you know. Uh, demographics don't count. Now it's interest. It's not how old you are. It's what you're interested in. And I I think uh, I mean I know you didn't pick a subject, and I'm not. I, I'm championing one, and that is to turn the uh, the corner here on putting social networking together with commercial radio. I think uh, we have to come to grips with the fact that people know more and the electronics has changed our world and using both now the electronics and, and having social involvement and the commercial professionalism that you have is a, is a winner. I think that's, that's where we're going right now. I know you didn't ask me that, but I wanted to mention it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Now, just uh, for folks who may not be familiar with your history, as I mentioned, I, I think you have developed you developed a whole legion of fans from 1996 to when you first came to WOR till you left. I guess what was it about 2010 that you were doing overnight still? Uh, around I think- there. Yeah, around there. I don't. Okay. I don't. I'm very bad with uh, with. I did this. I did that. Dates. Uh, so when you started early in your radio career, you were a DJ. You do some funny funny bits, but you would primarily play music. By the time you got to WOR, obviously that's a talk station. You weren't uh, playing music anymore. Tell me about the evolution of your career as a radio as a radio personality, going from a DJ, kind of a wacky wacky DJ, to do doing um, a very different type of talk show than everyone else was doing, but still a talk show nonetheless. Well, I'm glad you got all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I began, I was actually on television in Buffalo. I was a kid. I was in school, in high school. And I won a contest with uh, Bill Mazur, who eventually made it to New York as yeah, a great uh, sportscaster. Uh, uh, WEVD, 1050. He would do Mazur in the morning. But re- way before that, he was in Buffalo, and he was he was a sportscaster on on our station owned by NBC. As a matter of fact, uh, they had a UHF station they owned. So I was on. I, I, I won a contest of the announcer of the future, and I had the worst voice. I had no personality and no reason to be winning any contest. But I mimeographed the votes, and I got caught. So uh, I won the contest <laughs> illegally. Wow. I had a friend uh, at school help me mimeograph the book. I was a very ambitious kid, you know, and uh, and I I got stopped. The ad agency said, we can't give you the money. We can't award you the contest, but we want to hire you because you're so full of crap. We think you'd be a great salesman, <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> so I really started on, on uh, Bill Mazur's show inadvertently. That was the beginning of my career. And, uh, when and you- I stayed in sales. I, I got into radio sales, and uh, as I graduated from school and traveled around the country, I've, I had quite a career. You know, I've, a, I've done a lot of things in my life, now, that, and, that's and for mostly sure. the, the, my favorite my favorite stuff has been right now. Uh, 
because I think these days we we have so much to play with with the electronics. And, you know, the only platform I don't want is the one on the subway. But I like being on all the platforms. I think it's great. It's it's fun. And uh, even TikTok, which is a a short version of, of rudeness, you know. I mean, I, 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 I like all of this. I think this is fun right well, now. You've been doing it for uh, over 60 years. So if you, uh, if you didn't like it, I would think probably you should have picked a different career a while well, ago. I, but I have had many careers. I, I didn't only be a disc jockey. Uh, don't forget, I, was a, uh, I did all the marketing for Star Wars. I did the uh, first uh, satellite show, 1980. I was the first satellite host. I've done a lot of things in my life. Yeah, no, that's for and, sure. Uh, and, uh, and mostly off the air, off the air. But I made a change that, you know, in answer to your question earlier, I, I took the long way around. I guess I'm probably not a good guest. But you, you asked me about, uh, you know, the, the shift to, to the talk. You indicated that. Mm-hmm. And I was, a, I was a disc jockey, but I never – I, I like the music. And I liked playing the music. And I was a kid, and I was excited. And what I liked especially was we had local bands. We had local performers. And we were playing them on our local radio stations. So they, it was a different ballgame. It, it, it was fun to, to make hits and to get on the air and, and know the bands and go to the clubs and do all these things. We didn't have clubs exactly, not the way that we know them now. But it was uh, it was record hops, you know. Well, we had a different kind of a world, and it was uh, simpler, but yet still fun. And I, after the Beatles came along, they got bigger than the disc jockey, and the personalities on the air, like we were, were we didn't mean as much after the Beatles came, because they were so popular, so loved, people couldn't get enough of them, and we were just in the way. So when we when they uh, when they came on and we were playing all of the Beatle records, nobody wanted to hear me talk. So I I didn't do that anymore. I quit, and that's when I moved to L.A. and I started production companies and did a lot of other things. But I got convinced to uh, do something called satellite radio, and I was the first host, 1980, uh, out of Hollywood. And as a result of that, I did. I, w- I went to Denver on a weekly basis and did the first simulcast, which was radio and TV, on an NBC-owned television and radio station. So I was talking, and I was told by the guy who was the program director of the radio, because he had, can you imagine having two program directors, one for radio, the other one for TV? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so the, the guy who was the, uh, the genius program director, and he was, uh, Jim Hawthorne, he said to me, he said, you know, you're a lousy talk show host. And I said, well, they hired me for this. He said, they don't know what they're doing. I said, thanks a lot. <laughs> he said, I, I can work with you, make, maybe help you to be one. And I uh, started to do what he wanted me to do, which was to have some fun on the air and be myself. And it worked. So I, I 
shift. I, I would say it certainly did. Uh, we're talking with Joey Reynolds. If uh, if you want to learn more about Joey's incredible career over the course of six, more than 60 years, you can go to his website, thejoeyreynolds.com. That's thejoeyreynolds.com. There's some great audio on there. There's, uh, there's all sorts of neat photos on there. It's interesting. Uh, and even Joey's book, Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella and Don't Get a Mouthful of Rain. You can even get that through the website. You can also just get it on Amazon. Joey, I know you were at... Uh, 660 WNBC, you took over for Howard Stern. In fact, it was interesting. About a year ago, you posted on Facebook this uh, this baseball game that the WNBC staff had at Shea Stadium, uh, along with my colleague Bernard McGurk, who I almost didn't recognize because he had so much hair at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Howard Stern wasn't Howard Stern back then, but he was Howard Stern. He did, at a very uh, early time, develop a devoted fan base. He was seen very early on as uh, sort of the bad boy of 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 radio, what is it like needing to uh, fill in for that guy or take over for that guy? Did you get the sense there was a lot of resentment from the audience? No, and that wasn't exactly true. Uh, I was in Philadelphia doing a morning show on WFIL, and we were number one and having great ratings. And they asked me to come to WYSP, and I suggested to them that they carry Howard's show. He was on in the afternoon at the time and simulcast it at WYSP in Philly. Uh, the manager and I were friends. So I, I stayed close to that. Now, when Howard got fired at NBC, they were, they were looking around for someone for about six months. So I did not replace him directly. Uh, they took the show that I was doing in Philly and put it on the air in the afternoon, six months after Howard left. And he, and Dale Parsons was the program director. He was a terrific guy incidentally uh you know we have a lot of uh, i've had a lot of help through the years you can't do anything alone you know that's for sure that's for sure and even right now you got uh you know you've got you fortunately you have a good owner for the radio station that you're on right now um, and uh he loves radio and also he's uh he likes what what you guys are doing you know that helps i i couldn't so, uh i couldn't agree with you more now yeah, i mean Oh, the station's terrific, and and it's uh, it's it's the closing caption on on the AM radio band the way that we knew it. But I think he's expanded it too. He put an FM station on in Long Island. I think uh, to simulcast. I believe that's the case. That's right. right. We you're being heard right now on one hundred seven point one FM in Eastern Long Island. And then you're on you're online as well. You're on the internet. And see, you know, we all make our we make our choices as, as to what is comfortable. My my whole deal was to have a good family. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a family guy. I, that's the whole point. I I'm not one of those people that uh, has to uh, be famous and rich. Although it's nice, <laughs> <laughs> it was great great to have more money than I needed, and it was great to have people really love me who I didn't know. But uh, the fact of the matter is, I have a family. I have my grandchildren, and I've had uh, I have a brand new baby this last week. As a matter of fact, my one daughter in California. So I have five grandchildren. Oh, that's now. great! Congratulations. That that's wonderful. Uh, thanks. You know, I mean, see, that's the the deal is that America is more about family than it is about celebrity and and corporate caca. But we have become that. And you know, I'm I mean, on WABC on the talk part of the station uh 
And incidentally, Bernie Bernie McGork, you mentioned his name, but she go said that he was a he was a Marine, you know, a U.S. Marine, and and a good one. Uh, so I, I wanted to mention that because he's uh, he's a solid guy too. He comes from serving the country. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, no, I did, and you know, I mentioned that the other day actually. And his partner Sid reminded me that uh, you know that he didn't. He had he basically as as Sid said he uh, he used the term washed out at Paris Island and didn't really serve technically in the Marine Corps because he had a, a health issue. But I still think I still gave him credit on the year for serving in the Marine. I do, too. I uh, do, too. That's, he, why, he, that's he, why I said that. Yeah, he did. And I did a documentary on Marines, you know. It's online. It's on the on YouTube, The Making of a Marine. It's an hour and a half from Paris Island. And I did I did a thing with a kid who was 12 years old, and his make-a-wish was he wanted to be full-dressed uh, at the Make-a-Wish Foundation, and they gave him his wish. And it, and he passed away, unfortunately, mm. a year later. But it's a documentary, and we have to have a great regard for uh, people who serve. You know, I'm, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, I didn't mean to get off on that. So no, much, no, that's I, okay. Um, uh, I want to mention Bernie because you know he came a long way. I used to drive him. I drove him home, uh, as I recall, years ago, and I, uh, he was just hanging around Imus in those days. That was a long time ago, though. You know. Uh, no, and uh, he's, uh, he's doing great. And we now. all we all used to hang around to get. We didn't have intern programs. We didn't get paid for for uh, jobs easily. See, back in those times, uh, this is going to sound like an old man now. In those days, everything was figured out. Just about we were all formatted. The whole country was figured out. It was very difficult to get a job. You had to wait till someone died or your father hired you. You know, I mean, it, it it was so hard to get into anything. And now we have a situation where the country is so split and separated that you now have a chance to get into most anything that you have a desire to do. Right. Uh, Got to back it up and have some skills. But but it's a it's an amazing change. Uh, you can you can uh, those who are listening to this station right now and, and, and are looking to do something on their own and, and, and make a way of life with a hobby, make your hobby, your work. This is the perfect time in history. Yeah. It's a great time. Uh, no, well said, well said. We're talking with Joey Reynolds, a uh, legendary radio personality and has uh, done a lot of other things, had a lot of other careers in and out of, uh, in and out of media. Uh, Joey, I alluded to your time as the overnight host at WOR. I love that show because it was so different. You'd assemble these different panels of people, Sometimes uh, people who were from similar walks of life, but sometimes it seemed like you'd play mad scientist and find the most different people that you could and put them in a room together. One is how did you manage lifestyle-wise to? This is a question I ask. I get asked a lot, and I'll ask. I'll ask it to you now. How did you manage lifestyle-wise to do those hours for fifteen years? I'm always looking for a few tips in that respect. Well, first of all, you got to love New York, mm. and 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 you have to love the diversity diversity of New York. And I'm not talking about inclusion; I'm talking about loving New York and and how diversified the the communities. There's different neighborhoods. There's all great things to do, and you have to be interested in all of them. I did not know anything about opera. I knew nothing at all about Lincoln Center when I first came, and I had a wonderful producer. Then I started doing the show from other places in the country, uh, I mean, out of the country, 
from China, from Israel. And, and I kept – everything always came back to New York, though. It was always about New York. And, and I went to everything. They used to say I'd go to the opening of an envelope, you know, and I would bring that to the, to the show. That's why I had an eclectic show. We had a cocktail party without booze every night, and it was, it was a contradiction. But, you know, that's what we were doing. We had the space to do it. I wouldn't say that uh, uh, the station was thrilled to have that. They wanted me to answer phones and argue. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I don't want to answer phones. And I was tired of hearing people call and tell me how the Yankees didn't win. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, and you, you, you can form a relationship like that with people on the phone. And then there's the people who are listening who don't care about your conversation. And they may not care about this one right now. But, you know, the ones that are getting caught up in something that you're saying, they're going to want more of you. And then you build a loyalty factor. And that's what I had. I, I love that whole idea of, of coming to work at midnight and doing whatever the hell I wanted to do and having everybody there that I wanted to have and not having anybody in management tell me what to do. I was there almost 15 years. I never had a, a, a problem with I never. First of all, I never got reprimanded for anything, never got a memo. Never got reprimanded from the programmers or the manager. We never had an issue with being sued. Never had the FCC, no breaking no laws. It was never that. However, the irony is that I was a shock jock years ago. Mm. And everything was breaking the rules when I was 19 years old, you know. And uh, I, I'm known for being the, the first shock jock. And Howard Stern came along and, and did... Well, my, my, see, my shock was I was anti-establishment. Anti, uh, That's what I was doing. Howard was about sex. Mm -hmm. Imus was about politics. We each had different shtick. And, and, and yet we were all, we, we gathered this irreverence and this outlaw-type persona. And actually, uh, I didn't like doing that so much. I liked being liked. I wanted to be loved. That's why... I, I, many people get in, into performing because they want to be loved. They want people to like them. And, you know, sometimes you don't get it at home. So you wait until you get yourself a show if you can or yeah. television uh, or motion picture. I, I, I think you, you certainly were liked and loved uh, by many in terms of the uh, I, I know it's such an unfair question and I hate it when people uh, give it to me. But if you had to pick your either favorite panel of guests or favorite guest that you ever interviewed uh, as a talk show host, is there any that stand out? No, uh, because every night was different. It was a, uh, a sunrise surprise when I went home in the morning that I didn't get killed for what I had just done. Mm hmm. So uh, I, I, I live that way, and I think that every day making it up as you go. I like Mother Teresa. I had her on the show once, you know, and, uh, and I asked her, I said, you ever get mad at anybody? She said, oh, yeah. I said, well, what do you do when you get mad? You know, I'm asking Mother Teresa about getting <laughs> anger, and she said, oh, I just uh, do something for someone else, and I repeat the action ten times. So, you know, you learn to listen to people like that and have, have that kind of a conversation. And, you, and you, 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 can't, you can't go wrong. I mean, if you have all those kinds of things every night, not only a spiritual one, but whether it was a political one. You know, I had a great lawyer. I had Obama's attorney on with me one night casually, 
And I said, What's, what, how are we going to fix this thing in this country right now? We were going through the economy stuff that was really mm-hmm. uh, Obama's uh, – uh, at that time, we had, we had a bad economy. Big news, right? So he <laughs> said uh, – the lawyer said to me, well, we graduated too many lawyers, and uh, we can't do anything about it. And I said, well, what, what's the good news? He said, the good news is that we have a garden of good laws and bad laws, and the bad laws are hiding the good ones, the good are hiding the bad, and we have to straighten it out. I was telling the president that this morning, he said to me. So, you know, when you have conversations like that, you have somebody tell you that they were talking to the president, and here's what they think. It's very, I mean, you, you, how can you pick someone? It's diverse, and it's not because they're uh, a Justin Bieber or because it's uh, someone who knows, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to mention names because then you, you get into these uh, separations. I wish we would stop separating. I, I, I pray that we all stop taking our interests to a party, a political party. It's All it's done is create this confusion because uh, we are at odds with everything. And I and I don't like it. I just don't like it. So I like doing what I was doing. And in answer to your question, I couldn't pick one. Uh, uh, I would have to say I liked almost every night that I was on the air. There was a highlight and there were things that were not so fun. But you get by them. And it's a lot of time. You know, you're on the air for a lot of time. It's a long time. Oh no! I believe me. You don't have to tell me. What are you doing? Well, you know, the good the good news about right now What's with that? this is that uh, people are you have their attention a, a little better because there's less less distraction perhaps, and some are are not able to sleep and they rely on you to be their friend and they get to know everything about you, so you can't uh, you better be honest because you can't hide too much when when you have a, a relationship on the air with somebody. And that's the difference with the overnight radio is that you have a relationship. The other stuff is about, usually it's about getting the job done and, uh, you know, making, making themes and contests about opinions and maybe even information. These days, even the television has gotten to be boring. People don't want to watch TV uh, like we used to because it's not fun. Fun is a good word. Uh, that uh, the old night show that you're doing is good. It's fun. Well, we have a you lot have of fun. To... That that's for sure. Yeah, you do. Uh, you it... can say anything you want to say. Nobody's going to stop you. Yeah. And well... the management, they're not even awake. Well, I got to tell you, our, our owner, John Katsimatidis, it, he is a night owl. He's listening just about every day. So that's the one thing that uh, I think we uh, that may differ from the, the typical overnight uh, radio format. But thankfully, he seems to be a, a fan and things are going in the right direction. Joey, for your fans who've been following you for a long time, wondering what you're up to now, what are you doing these days? Oh, well, I'm on, I, first of all, I'm on the internet every day because I do a Reynolds rap. I'm on face. Well, I, I'm on several platforms. I'm on TikTok whenever it's a, a short spin, but I'm on YouTube. The late Joey Reynolds, I call myself, not because I died. It's because I was on late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also am on Facebook. I have the maximum amount of people that I like to have which is to uh, be able to do the shows that I want to do. I do them famously at home and I do them outdoors. You know, I have a porch 
And uh, there was a very interesting thing on 60 Minutes on Sunday. So there is hope for young people in broadcasting. Incidentally, I want to throw this out there. Uh, The last piece they did on 60 Minutes was about a kid who's running along like a Looney Tune, uh, as Howard Stern and Imus and I did, except he was very clean. And he has a bullhorn, and he was saying that birds are fake. And he started a whole controversy about that, with birds being monitoring systems like drones up in the sky, and birds are fake. And he's made a big deal out of it. It's like having Saturday Night Live on, on 60 Minutes. I was really surprised that CBS did that. But because it was so cool, I got motivated, and I went outside that night, and I have a fake owl. And I, and I turned the lights on, on me, but it was dark behind me. And I took the owl and hung him from a pole. And I, I furthered the theme, which I stole from that kid who was on 60 Minutes. So I just want to, you know, you want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I, I try to be uh, uh, creative with my time and and to do things that I think are going to make people happy. See, I always liked the people. I never really cared about the management. I liked the audience. And I, I, I played to a crowd. Uh, Finally, Joey, and I hope to have you back. I could talk with you all day. But um, one of the things I enjoyed your show is it did seem like you were having fun. It seemed like the people that you were speaking to were having fun. And no matter how heavy what was going on in the news was, you were always able to give people a break for a few hours and not have them stress stress out about what the day's news is. I've tried to emulate that to some extent. Uh, a lot of people very fired up today about the news that it looks like the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, on a day like that, for instance, how do you still stay focused on being entertaining and having fun when the audience may want to go in another direction? And even at times you may want to go in another heavier direction. How do you how do you still maintain that degree of levity? Well, I'm in Florida right now. We have a governor that, that uh, is having a war with Disney. So I put on a Cinderella dress. <laughs> That's what you do. You do. You, you play into it. It's you know uh, Shakespeare said to uh, the play is a thing. He said that in the 15th century it hasn't changed. You know I mean certain things have not changed. Some things still work. We just don't do them anymore. Uh, one of them is comedy and entertainment. An entertainment show. That's what you guys do on weekends. You know cousin Bruce. I love I love Bruce. You know he's a he's a grand uh, example of somebody who's. Uh, really never gave up and he's he's still around doing all this all the things with the artists that he always did he's a great great you know he's fun he's fun and tony orlando is a good guy i love i love rita cosby incidentally you know i mean there's a lot of people that uh, that are that are around you right now that are entertaining and fun we just happen to be in an industry that uh, let me just say this uh, this is honestly the, uh, my my little parting shot because I know you you got to wrap me up here somewhere, but you know, uh, we have trained we, we the country used to be a work country, and we have become we've shifted from a work culture to an investment culture, and most people work if you can, if you want to, if you're skilled. Those are all qualifications, and there are plenty of jobs. We are a work country, but the country is run by investors. It's run by stockholders, and the first thing they do is get rid of employees. 
then that's why Amazon is going right now, if you want to be a little controversial. That's probably why there's a union uh, movement now. Uh, so there's a voice from the regular people, the worker people, working people. I'm a working bee. I've always worked for someone, and I like it. Uh, I like I like having a paycheck from someone else, and I like not having the responsibility of doing the books. How about you? I, I can I can empathize a great deal. I'm still trying to get my head around the uh, the first answer that you gave about uh, having more money than you need, and I'm trying to imagine what that must be like, and I'm trying to imagine what amount of money that would be, especially well, when you're uh, well, raising your family. You, if you want to, if you want to make money, don't spend money. That's true. That's, That's how true. You make money. That's true. You have it coming into you. And then the other thing is, you know, like today I went and I, I put a down payment on a pork chop, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the old joke thing. I, I went to uh, to the delicatessen. I asked for 50 cents worth of Swiss cheese, and the guy wrapped up three holes. You know, these are the old <laughs> jokes. Nothing's changed uh, in that regard. That's right. That's and, right. And we, we have a country right now that is uh, overpriced, and uh, we need to go to hydrogen fuel, I think, instead of uh, – Instead of electric, I had electric. I had a hydrogen car for a year from uh, General Motors. I drove it. I put everybody in the car, including the mayor and everybody else, Bloomberg at the time. And I, I put everybody in the in that car, and everybody knew it was the right way to go. But then you killed the oil industry, which is is world class. You know, I mean, you, you, if you move one thing, you're going to affect another. It's cause and effect. Mm. Uh, Joey, on that note, uh, we're going to have to. Uh, yeah, have I know. To they see, we got serious. You can't get serious here. <laughs> all right thank you my friend i look forward to seeing you in person soon and uh i will look forward to doing this on the radio sometime soon as well yeah and if and if you need anything don't call me (laughs) joey reynolds uh a razor a wit a wit as razor sharp as ever if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion you're welcome to give me a call 1-800-848-WABC that's 1-800-848-9222 this is the other side of midnight i'm frank morano straight ahead